Welcome in to another new podcast from the Association for Materials Protection and Performance. My name is Ben Dubose, and I'm a staff writer with Materials Performance Magazine and with Coatings Pro Magazine. Today, as we continue our interview series talking to various experts in the corrosion industry as well as protective coatings, we're joined by a trio of our recent authors from the April 2021 print issue of MP. Their names are Scott Soto, John Lewa, and Joe Davis, and they teamed up to write the feature story in the April materials performance issue entitled, Nano Non-Skid Coating Provides Sustainable Offshore Safety Solution. And I believe you'll find it in the mid-20s as far as the print article. We'll also provide a link in the summary wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast. Just check the summary and you can easily find the article if you haven't read it already. Anyway, one of the unique things about this collaboration is that Scott, John, and Joe are actually not from the same company. So this is definitely not a commercial or an infomercial. They actually represent three different entities from three very unique and niche perspectives within the industry. So I think a good place to start our conversation before we get into the coding, the technology, the application, all those angles, I think a good place to start is to let each of them introduce themselves and to give you a little bit more information regarding their bio and their history in the industry. So Scott, let's start with you. All right, well, good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Scott Soto. I am a project manager with Danos. I also do bidding estimating with them as well. Been with Danos for about eight years and been in the coding industry since 1985. John, we'll go to you. All right, thank you very much. My name is John Lewa. I'm a business development manager with Graco's High Performance Coatings and Foam Group. I've been with Graco in various roles for a little over 13 years now, starting off in engineering, uh, product management, sales, and now business development, uh, all within our Applied Fluid Technologies division. So my focus, my group's focus right now is on protective coatings equipment, spray foam and polyurea equipment, and surface prep equipment. Thanks. And finally, you, Joe. Well, thank you, Ben. Thanks for the opportunity uh, to uh, do this with you. We're excited about this. Uh, as far as my experience and background, I've been in the industry now for uh, about 30 years plus and uh, dealt with uh, industrial coatings in some uh, way, shape, or form, whether it's the, the chemistry side of things or the inspection side of things. Uh, I currently serve as the Vice President of Product and Application Engineering for Tesla Nano Coatings. I'm a NACE uh, 3 Coating Level Inspector, uh, I'm OCAT Technician, also certified through SSPC, which all is the same now under the AMP umbrella, and I uh, serve as an instructor for uh, several different organizations um, on topics related to corrosion and economics. So the way this conversation is going to go, or at least I think it will go, is that not everyone is going to respond to every question. Based on their biographies, you can tell our guests have lots of different interests and unique skill sets as it pertains to what they can answer. So some of these questions are going to be tailored to one person and others are going to be tailored to another. So it'll just be sort of a roundtable format and this trio will sort of jump in as it pertains to their levels of expertise. Anyway, I think a good place to start off, the article that they wrote in the April issue, again, Nano Non-Skid Coating Provides Sustainable Offshore Safety Solution, it really has 
the article itself a ton to do with the application of debt coatings and offshore environments. That's sort of the conundrum that this collaboration came together to solve. So I think the appropriate place to start would be with a little bit of an overview of what some of the traditional challenges are with applying coatings in those types of environments. Scott, I'll defer to you on this one. I appreciate that, Ben. And again, this is Scott Soto with Danos. Um, so traditionally, when we're offshore, we are uh, faced with several challenges. One is real estate, and two is the actual level of corrosion on the decks themselves and uh, what, what are the best times to, to attack these areas. So with all the SIMOPS issues that are involved with offshore daily operations, getting this real estate and being able to apply a, a good debt coating that's going to give them the service life is very challenging with everything that goes on every single day. So how did this partnership all come together between three different companies? What were the initial goals for you all when you started down this path? Again, this is Scott Soto. Um, so traditionally, like I say, we normally do a three a three-layer coating on a, on a deck. Mm -hmm. So time constraints are very, very tough. And again, with SIMOPS. And so when we got partnered up with Tesla, they basically, basically we told them what we needed was something that would give us a quick turnaround to the customer, but at the same time, we could provide the corrosion protection that's needed in an offshore environment. And working with them and, and Joe being able to do what they do over there, they came up with a great product, and we started doing the, the test trials with it. And John, Scott, from your this perspective. This is John from Graco. I think I'm going to jump in here for a second mm -hmm. and talk a little bit about as far as application equipment um, with these types of, of debt coatings. You know, it can be very difficult to have a traditional airless pump be able to spray these types of materials because they usually have a lot of fillers and aggregate in them that can cause issues with the clogging and packing out pumps and spray guns. Um, in the tradition, other traditional methods of application, either either by hand using a roller or, or, or spraying with a pressure pot or something like that can be rather time consuming because you don't get the same rate of application that you would get with a with a large airless pump. Um, so Graco in the past came up with what we call our M680 mortar pump that's designed to handle aggregate materials. And uh, from my perspective, I, I met Joe through at, at Tesla with, through one of my colleagues, and, and we've been in touch back and forth on a couple other different projects. And uh, he started asking if we had a pump that I thought would be able to apply their new deck coating. And so then we uh, we did some trials at Tesla's headquarters and improved some success and was able to push that out to the field to Scott and, and Danos to come up with a solution that they can apply and meet those requirements that Scott mentioned of, of being able to return to service in a quick turnaround time. Joe, I want to transition to you so that we can talk a little bit more about the technology of this. Explain the role of carbon nanotubes in the solution that ended up getting used for this collaboration. What is it that makes them so intriguing, the carbon nanotubes, for this particular type of application? Great question. Uh, thanks for asking it. The uh, carbon nanotubes, nano being 
the the billionth the size of something are very small. You can't see them till you have you know tens of thousands of them together, and it looks like dust. One of the properties with carbon nanotubes uh, that we learned early on when working with this technology is their ability to self-assemble. And so they create what we call a quantum matrix or a network. And they assemble all these disparate pieces together and form this rope-like network throughout the entire coding matrix. And that's important because carbon nanotubes, some of the inherent properties that we're also harnessing with this is that they're a thousand times the conductivity of copper. Mm-hmm. And so they will translate electrons across this network and not have insulative oxidation pro- problems that occur with the zinc metal itself. And so as the zinc that we have in here begins to donate the electrons for the corrosion protection, which was one of the challenges Scott had asked us about trying to address, um, we, we found that we needed to have a very sustainable way of moving those electrons so that if there was a damaged area, the cathodic protection would kick in. So that was the, the first property that we were trying to harness was that self-assembly and the conductivity. The other one is carbon nanotubes are the strongest and stiffest material that we know on planet Earth, and the chemical bonds are actually stronger than diamonds. Mm-hmm. So what you get is a very high tensile strength of the coating to the steel, which is important because on these platforms, they're moving huge containers and pieces of equipment that, you know, will impact the floor and, you know, create a lot of gouging potential and cracking just because of the weight of, of some of this. And so as we were working on some of these uh, materials in the initial rollout, once we had the equipment identified, uh, we did some recent testing here with products that had been in service now um, with the application we talk about in the article, and we were getting in excess of 2,980 pounds PSI, and it was glue failure. So we were unable to remove the coating from the steel to which it was put on. And so that's really what the nanotubes are bringing to this this product is just super durability and along with that uh, cathodic protection. So, Joe, as a follow-up to that, what's the chemistry involved when it comes to the combination of the carbon nanotubes with the epoxy resin? How does that work, and what are the properties that you're looking for in regards to that combination? Yeah, another good question. Um, when when Scott first approached us, we kind of scratched our heads because he, what he was asking for is something that did not exist in the industry. And, you know, you're talking a product that can go down 40 to 50 mils, has non-skid in it, and has cathodic protection. And typical zincs, if you get above four to five mils, they mud crack and come off. And so when you first look at this request, you, you got to stand back and say, is this even possible? And so what we had to dive into on the chemistry aspect is to find durable resins that provided uh, the ability to be functionalized with the carbon nanotubes. And I explained that in the article in the uh, magazine, what functionalization is, but it's inextricably binding the CNTs within that resin so that they, they can't come out. We also had to find resins that would allow for that high build of 40 to 50 mils along with allowing the mobility of the carbon nanotubes to self-assemble and then to, of course, provide some level of flexibility. They couldn't be too hard and brittle. Otherwise, when stuff gets dropped on it, it Mm -hmm. would be coming off. 
And then finally, we had to make sure that the surface of it uh, was providing a non-skid, safe walking environment for the people that are out there. So John, from your perspective, how does an applicator actually apply this technology to the substrate? What were the priorities from your perspective as you all were looking into the right system to actually apply this? All right. Thanks a lot for the question, Ben. Uh, this is John with Graco again, and, and I'm going to let Scott talk a little bit later on here about some of the other methods. I'm going to I'm going to focus on the method that that our three teams came up with uh, to meet Scott's needs for his particular application. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, he needed a, a quick turnaround time with this material and and return it to service fast. So we focused on on a pump solution or a sprayer that his crew would be able to operate on a platform offshore for these materials. Um, Graco, traditionally, we do a great job building airless sprayers that are pneumatic driven. So they're, they're ATEX rated, they're explosion proof, they're designed for these offshore type applications. Um, so we came up with a design for a mortar pump or our M680 sprayer that's built on the same principles as these pneumatic airless sprayers, um, but is designed to handle the, the tough to handle particles and grit um, that's, that's in these deck coatings. Like Joe was mentioning before, you know, it, it needs to have those non-skid properties for the, for the people that are out there working. And those properties can make a, a coating very difficult to spray through a traditional pump. So the, the M680 pump, kind of the pump lower itself looks like our traditional airless sprayer pump lower, but everything has been upsized in order to be able to handle these aggregates and, and other materials that are in these deck coatings that give them their properties. Uh, the other interesting thing is, you know, this pump uses larger diameter hoses and an air assist applicator to create the spray pattern. So we're, we're using air to help atomize the particles to help create that spray pattern where traditionally um, an airless tip would get clogged almost instantly trying to spray these materials. And then on that applicator, there's also a method for, for the, the person who's doing the applying to start and stop the pump because we don't want the pump to stall against pressure the way a traditional airless pump does because the, the material will actually pack out in that pump. So we tried to come up with a solution that's very similar to the sprayers that everyone's using today in terms of operation, but designed to be able to handle these coatings and the environment that they're being applied in. And so what did you guys... It also gives a much faster application time than, than some other traditional kind of hand-applied methods. Sorry for jumping in a little bit early. Um, oh, so what did you guys actually no learn from the case study? Was there anything that surprised you guys about the findings? And I'd like to get all three of your perspectives on this, if I can. Yeah, if y'all don't mind, I'm going to jump in on this one first, and I'm going to kind of piggyback on the last one. This is Scott Soto with Danos again. Um, so the applicator utilizing this new technology that Graco's come up with is actually very familiar to them because they know the airless pumps. But with their new design and technology, this is going to allow the applicator to basically go in, mix everything up in one shot, and very simply put, do a one-pass system and lay down the mills that we need. 
And again, you know, between John and Joe coming up with the technology, the materials, we are able to solve the big challenges for our customer. And this is the greatest, I mean, it, it's unparalleled to what's on the market right now. And so what we learned from this study is basically that we can go in, we can promise the asset owner that when we say we're going to come in and, and deliver a product to you and have a new deck coating within 24 hours, as long as we're uninterrupted, and once they deliver this real estate to us, we can get in there, we can get out, they can have a new debt coding system in there that's going to protect the asset for 15, 20 years, and it's money saved, labor saved. There's so much cost savings in this that um, I, I think we're just on the tip of the iceberg with it. And this is John from Greco. I'll, I'll jump in here after you, Scott, um, because one of the things that kind of jumped out and surprised me was after Scott and the team at Danis uh, did a demonstration with Tesla's new debt coating and, and the M680 pump. Um, I was surprised that the feedback that I received from Joe and Scott on, on how quickly the applicator uh, picked up the technology and and was familiar with it and, and comfortable with, with spraying the coating and, and, and handling the coating and the application equipment. Yeah, John, and I'm a, I'll say that again. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump on anybody. Um, just on the application process. So uh, traditionally, when we're using mortar pumps, aesthetically, you don't really get something that looks really uh, pretty, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But with the new Graco pump and the material and the way it flows through it, you can literally lay down a beautiful pattern, and you can see it in the in the magazine and the spray pattern and again the mills are they're consistent you don't have highs you don't have lows once the applicator gets the one pass system down he can lay down the mills required to the spec and and when it's done it looks like you did this from a machine or a factory and and the customer gets not only the quality the corrosion protection but they get the aesthetic look at it as well. And then again, the asset protection with the material is, is unparalleled to what we're seeing right now in the industry. Joe, we can finish this up with you. This is Joe Davis. I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll just touch on that. And, uh, you know, it's kind of where I was going to go, the same where, where, where Scott went there, in that when, when we first started with the equipment, um, John and I uh, kind of – it that – Technology is designed a lot for other type of slurry mortars where maybe you come back with a trowel or something else once you transfer the material onto the surface. Uh, but John uh, had the foresight to bring kind of a new innovative head that Graco was working on, and we actually worked and played around with it and configured it to such where you actually do get a phenomenal spray pattern which it does look like it was, uh, you know, probably applied by machinery versus a, a person. And that was, that was a big surprise um, that we could get something that looked that good and had that even of a film build for the applicators. And then I guess the other thing would just be an affirmation that, you know, th this, this installation that's in the article was done about six months ago. And uh, the coating has gone through two hurricanes, uh, very heavy vehicle traffic over that for the entire period, freezing temperatures, 
And uh, when they were evaluated uh, by the asset owner after six months, there was no physical damage to the coating and no rusting uh, coming through at all on this, which shows that that application was even smooth and it's doing what it's supposed to do. So that was, uh, that was, that was a great affirmation of the technology. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. We usually finish up these podcasts with sort of a rapid fire series of personal questions. The idea is to tap into each person's unique levels of expertise. In this particular episode, because we've got three panelists, that might take a lot of time to speak to each of you about two or three different subjects. So I'm going to just do one sort of off-the-wall question, not so much about this project, but just about your time in the industry, and perhaps it'll be able to shed some light on your experiences and also provide something to learn from for our listeners. As far as this question, what I think a lot of listeners would want to know, what advice would you give someone that's starting in the industry? Scott, we can start with you. Um, I would say that if you start out at the bottom as a helper, learn the blast and paint industry from the ground up, the equipment, how it's hooked up, how it works, how you repair it, and all throughout the day, every single day that you go through this, remember that just being a blaster painter is not the only way you end up. Technology changes every day. People that you deal with change every day. Coatings, liners, every single thing that happens throughout your career will will boost you up into something greater. Um, NACE, SSPC, now AMPP, but like I said, there's so many levels that you can go to, and there's so many mentors that you'll meet along the way that will lead you up to a better, a better place within this coatings industry. John, we can go to you. All right, thanks, Ben. Wow, great answer, Scott. Don't know, don't know what I'm gonna gonna follow up with that one. Um, once again, it's John Lewo with Graco. Um, I guess the, the advice I would give is don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, just because a process is being done one way today doesn't mean that there's not a better way out there to do it tomorrow. Um, and I would say if, if you're looking to get something accomplished and somebody says it cannot be done, um, I wouldn't just accept that as, as, the, as fate and just move on with this in case study in particular you know it, it seemed pretty a pretty daunting challenge but we came up with some unique solutions to to get the job done and i've seen all kinds of um, blasters and painters in the industry who come up with incredibly ingenuitive unique solutions to solve problems um, i'm impressed every day with, with some of the things i see you know, never stop learning in this industry. As Scott mentioned, everything is always changing, whether it's equipment technology or coatings technology. So just, you know, keep your eyes and ears open. Um, always be open for something new and, and keep learning. And finally, you, Joe. Well, thank you. Uh, this is Joe Davis, Tesla Nano Coatings. And, and uh, I, w- I would say that the industry, as I look at it now, kind of is in a renaissance of sorts. Um, the the equipment is constantly changing and evolving and improving. You know, even the prep, the dry ice blasting, vapor blasting, water jetting, everything is improving. And technology, nano coating technology being one of them, is also improving and changing. And and I, I've often told people that you know everything that 
you thought you know about our industry is not quite right anymore. And and I think that's it's a truism and becomes truer every day. Everything is changing, everything's improving, and to to really grasp onto that and contribute to it is probably the best advice I can give to someone. I think the other two guys summed it up very, very well in that, you know, you want to question and you want to be involved and you want to be able to, you know, contribute to success and to innovative solutions. And that's what I see happening, which has, has been kind of devoid of our industry in the last 80 years. So it's, to me, a very exciting time to be in the coatings industry now. So the last question I have, and this is for all three of you, what are the next steps in this collaboration? Have you seen any interest in the technology from other asset owners? Obviously, we've been talking about one particular project for most of this episode, but I'm sure it could be applicable elsewhere. Basically, what's going to happen moving forward with this process and with this technology? We can start which, with uh, any of you, really. Well, this is Joe. I'll uh, I'll jump in and take at least uh, from my perspective on this one. Um, again, with uh, John's assistance, he's already brought maybe the next 2.0, which is going to be a different gun uh, potential mm. to put this equipment down, which makes it even more user-friendly for applicators. Uh, so as, as the interest is building, as, as you mentioned, we're getting interest from sectors in, in all parts of energy and production and manufacturing that have a need for, you know, a safe type coating like this, John's already forward thinking and saying, hey, is, is there another way we can make this even easier at the deployment level? So I, I'm looking at that as some potential next steps and uh, I'll kick it over to, to you, John, to comment, you know, on that. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Uh, once again, John Lewa here with, with Graco. Um, to piggyback on the, what Joe just mentioned, um, you know, looking at uh, different spray applicators that make it even easier, more like a trigger gun, like a traditional airless sprayer would have. Um, also, from our perspective at, at Graco, um, looking into pulling a kind of a custom package part number specifically for Tesla's debt coating as well. Once again, giving applicators access to the right setup right out of the box without having to do any kind of customizations on their level or, or from our distributors. So taking taking a complicated system and, and trying to simplify it as much as possible from our end. All right, uh, John, uh, this is Scott Soto with Danos. I think from our perspective, what's next is uh, from, we, we're basically gonna try to push this out. We're gonna promote it um, basically to all of our customers at Danos. We, we strive to solve all their challenges and uh, if we can save them money, labor costs, and I believe this is a product that will do it, um, every single asset that we work with on the forefront right now is getting a, getting a glimpse at it. And once we get all the materials out, that and, and this article will help, this, this podcast will help, but I believe that this will go further into helping not only – just our customers, but other competitors' customers, once they see this new material and the new equipment, to save money, save cost, and save time throughout the Gulf of Mexico, whether it's land, offshore, this is just a huge opportunity to push this out. So uh, at Dan Osh, you know, that's our, that's our main goal is to solve big challenges for our customers 
and uh, that's what we'll continue to do. And with uh, with great partners in safety like Graco and uh, Tesla, uh, we will continue to do that. Sounds great, and I think I can speak for a lot of our audience when I say that we're very excited to see what happens next because this is definitely a very, you know, certainly the article was unique, but I think it, in general what you guys are doing has a pretty clear benefit for the industry that I hope certainly has a lot of success in the months and years ahead. Anyway, with that, that's where we will leave things on today's episode. If you want more information as far as us at AMP, you can check out the AMP website at ampp.org. You can also visit materialsperformance.com and codingspromag.com for all sorts of news related to the corrosion control industry, as well as protective coatings. Also, Danos, uh, Tesla, Graco, they all have their own websites as well if you want more information from those guys. So thanks again to our panelists for joining. thought this was a really educational discussion. Also, if you've not already subscribed to this podcast or you haven't left it a five-star review, I urge you to please do that and help us out. We're available at Apple, Google, Spotify, and virtually every major podcast distributor. With that, we'll sign off. Once again, for our panelists, I'm Ben DuBose. Thanks as always for listening, and please come back soon for another new podcast episode from AMP.